Welcome to the Erasmus Foundation podcast. My name is Paul Nugent. Are you looking for answers to life and its meaning? Then this may well be the very podcast you need to listen to. In a series of podcasts, we are going to look at the difficult questions of life and apply spiritual knowledge to find out the answers. Hello, and today we are going to look at the history of the Erasmus Foundation and where the knowledge comes from that we have been talking about over the last few weeks. So, today we have three people with me, uh, Julia, Headley and Ronnie. And we're going to start off with Julia because she's been with the Foundation the longest out of the four of us. And she goes back a little bit further than us and will be able to give you a little bit of knowledge about her first visit to the Erasmus Foundation. Over to you, Julia. Thank you, Paul. Well, the Fellowship of Erasmus, as it was called in its beginnings, was formed by Padina and Gordon. And it was after they'd moved up to Suffolk in 1971. And they were invited to a spiritual circle in Clapton. And they went along and to their surprise, to everybody's surprise, Padina um, went into what she thought was a sleep. But in fact, a spirit came through called Erasmus and spoke to them all. And when Padina woke up, she apologised. This has not happened to her before. And um, But everyone was very pleased to hear Erasmus speak. So that was the first time that um, Padina, Padina's gift of a deep trance medium became apparent. And it was soon after this episode that they started the Fellowship of Erasmus. They were living in Suffolk in a village called Lindsay in an old farmhouse. And the purpose of the fellowship was to gather people around who were interested to learn about spiritual healing and spiritual knowledge and teachings, and really to reintroduce people to, to their God and to God's sanity. And so I went along in 1979, but as I say, they started it in 1972. Uh, my mother went to a meeting in the mid-70s, so I became aware of the fellowship a few years before I went to a meeting. So I had time to think about the idea of spirit and of reincarnation. And my first experience was one of absolute fascination with the whole meeting. I really enjoyed the talk, which again was Erasmus speaking through Padina. Um, I was absolutely glued to watching her and listening to him. The lighting was dimmed, as it was a lot in those days. There was just a red light, which I learned later was for those people who had the seeing eye, it was much easier for them if the light was dimmed and there was just a red light. So anyway, I listened. I was absolutely fascinated. I was asked just to say my name, and then I was given my spirit name. And as I say, I was 
really, really interested, especially about the idea of reincarnation. That that was really interesting. And then after the meeting and at future times, I was able to really quiz my mother, which was which much easier to do. I was a little bit shy to ask questions at the meetings, but I was able to talk to my mother a lot about what she'd already learned. And I also learned that from the age of about 20, my mother and her mother had been interested in spirit. So that was new to me. And after that, I went along to some of the other meetings on a Sunday. And then I was in London a few years later and started going to meetings that Padino was holding at the Barbican in London. And they these were on a, a Friday evening and where I met quite a few of my friends who are still around today, including my husband, Hedley, although we didn't actually marry to quite a few years later. But um, it was great to meet people who were searching of like minds, who were just curious, interested to hear more. And I think a lot of people said at the time that even if they were a bit wondering or even suspicious of the whole idea of spirit and mediumship, what they were actually hearing really made sense. And it brought people back week after week. Now, also at this time, uh, Padina was holding seminars in Suffolk. So sometimes on a Sunday, perhaps once a month, a number of us would travel up there and have a whole day seminar and a beautiful lunch that Padina prepared. And so it was it was really great. And also part of the purpose um, of Padina's life, if you like, was to gather people around who would become future teachers and healers. And the reason that they went to things like Mind, Body, Spirit and other venues like Brentwood, Northampton, um, other places in Suffolk, was to meet people and see who might be interested to, to join. And as is natural with a lot of these sort of groups, some people came perhaps once or twice and then left. Some people came and stayed. Some people left and then maybe came back later on. Because one of the great things about the fellowship that everyone appreciated in those days and still does today is that there was no membership. People were free to, to come and join in a meeting or a seminar, ask questions, that was always encouraged. And if they liked what they heard, they came back. There was no pressure that they should believe something and they should think in a certain way. It was emphasised that everyone was an individual and it was important that people thought for themselves and decided whether they were happy with what they heard and wanted to return. So that was really the, the early days of the fellowship. And in more recent times, perhaps about 15 years ago, uh, the name was changed to the Erasmus Foundation to make it more linked with it being a teaching foundation. And the spiritual healing as well is really one of the most important aspects of the foundation as well. And that was always ongoing and available at meetings and also at the festivals and other events that the fellowship attended. Excellent, Julia. Thank you very much. Now, Ronnie, 35 years, I think, isn't it now? That, yes, something like that. Yeah, so, getting that way. So how did you start? What I mean, what made you come along to the, the meetings? 
Well, at the time, I sort of was waking up to the fact that there was perhaps more to life than just the physical here and now. I was getting um, interested in um, in healing a little bit. Um, not that I thought that I had a gift for healing, but I just was interested in the concept of healing and that, you know, one human could channel spiritual healing energy um, to another human. And I found that quite fascinating um, because it was a, a spiritual energy as opposed to a physical energy. So I was going around and trying to uh, really look for knowledge that was really what well, I was looking for the truth. I was trying to understand what the human beings sort of physical and mental and spiritual makeup was because I didn't understand it at the time and I was very interested in this. Curiously enough, I picked up on the fact that books on the human aura and I thought, well, that's interesting. And, um, you know, because obviously that's not something that uh, was known about in those days and went to a, well, I suppose what was a psychic fair there was this group there called the Fellowship of Erasmus, and uh, they had a sign-up saying aura readings. So I thought, oh, I think I'll see if I can, you know, see if I can find out a bit about that. So I popped up to the um, to the stand, and uh, I was welcomed by a gentleman called David Collins, who is no longer with us, but was really with the foundation for for many many years. And he gave me a brief introduction, and you know, quite by by chance, there was a, a cancellation for one of Padina's aura readings, and um, so within an hour of discovering this little um, spiritual teaching group, I was sitting down and speaking to Padina, and Padina gave me a an aura reading, and what I found quite fascinating about it was that. Um, she was able to pick up some very, very, very in-depth knowledge about myself. And um, when she asked me questions, um, I, you know, my memory wasn't as quite as good as her ability to read my history, so to speak. So she was actually telling me what, you know, she asked me a question. I was telling her the wrong answer and she was giving me the right answer, which, was, <laughs> which really impressed me at the time because uh, it sort of, you know, helped me believe that this, it wasn't just, um, you know, a way of making a few bob at, at a psychic uh, meeting. So to cut a long story short, um, I was invited to come to um, some of the foundation meetings at the Friends Meeting House uh, in, oh no, actually it was in the Barbican. Padina went into um, a deep trance, the spirit of Desideromus Erasmus spoke through her. And I wasn't really totally confident this was genuine at the time because, you know, one is a little bit sceptical. And uh, what was, you know, very interesting, as Julia said earlier, it was the content, whether or not it was genuine um, a, a, you know, spirit speaking th through a medium or not, the content was absolutely fascinating really it was very 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 simple it was understandable and started to help me understand the difference between the human form and the spiritual form and that was really what I was searching for at the time so it was a very good way 
of gently coming into the meetings. Um, after the first few meetings, it really didn't bother me whether it was a medium or not a medium. And as time went on, I did have a mild um, sight. So I could actually, at some occasions, I could actually see Erasmus's face overshadowing Padina's when Erasmus was talking through the body. And of course, that helped me believe that it was all genuine. So um, that was the way that I um, got involved in the foundation. Excellent, because um, interestingly enough, um, I, I went to the same mind, body, and spirit exhibition as Headley did, and uh, you know, I, I must admit, I, uh, my mind was just opening up to so many things at the time, and really enjoyed the smells because even then, in those days, Indian food and Chinese food was quite rare on the streets but and they were serving this up and the and we're trying all these different foods and the smells and the weird people that there was there and you could go and talk to and then i just bumped into the fellowship of erasmus and uh Hedy, you were in the same boat were you not i was yes it was about 19 it was 1981 and uh um i was i had went to the Mind, Body and Spirit Festival to meet somebody for a, a, a clairvoyant reading she was offering to do. And it turned out she was busy, so she told me to go and look at the Erasmus Foundation stand, um, as it was then. <clears throat> and um, I just said, I remember standing there in front of a young lady and saying, look, I don't know why I'm here, but um, can I ask you what, what you're about? Because I hadn't got a clue. And she explained very briefly, which didn't really make me understand too much in those days. But she said, look, come along. We're starting meetings in November in London. Um, why don't you come along to a meeting? And I'll put your name down if you wish. So I said, yes, okay. Um, and that's how I first went to the first meeting. And I experienced the same as everybody else. There was Padina um, talking differently from the way she was normally because her body had been taken over. And I learned in later years to say what a deep trance medium is, how Padina was how it happened, and it was the spirit of Erasmus um, that would take over the body because Padina would leave her body completely as a spirit, allowing another spirit to take over. And that was usually, not always, but usually the spirit of Erasmus. And I also would like to say that of course, this is a very rare occurrence. And I think you might hear people today talk about so-and-so as a deep trance medium. And I do question sometimes when I hear this, because uh, having known what the reality was um, and knowing it is quite a, a rare condition, um, I'm always a little suspicious. And we should always keep an open mind about things in any case. 
That's true. And and uh, I, I think it is interesting, really. The I just remember going along to the Mind, Body and Spirit exhibition, and I had an aura reading, funny enough, and I was just wandering around in my own little world and bumped into the Fellowship of Erasmus, and uh, literally almost, um, and um, had a reading with Bedina. And, and one of the things she said to me, we've got work for you if you want it. And at the time, so months, and I thought, no, it's just a Saturday. I'm just, I got, don't want to do any work. <laughs> I just want to uh, have a look around. That's all I'm here for. And uh, never really understood quite what she meant. Till many years later, that, that here I am still in the foundation, still trying to help other people to um, hear what what we were given. And that's the thing. What It's not about telling the people what to believe in or anything. It's just giving people the opportunity to hear what we heard for them to then make their own mind up is the important thing. And to be honest with you, I never believed for a long time. And I've, I've got no second sight. I'm, I'm about as psychic as a brick. So I really don't have those kind of skills or, or gifts, I don't believe. Uh, and, but I, I can listen. And I have heard many things from spirit that, that to me has, has really changed my way of thinking and the way I behave, the way I am as a person. So the foundation for me has changed me as a person completely, very different from the person I was in those days. And Julia, do you feel the same? Mm. Yes, absolutely. I think we will probably all agree with that. I mean, when I met Padina and Gordon in the fellowship, I, you know, I was only 19 and I was lacking a lot of confidence, as is quite a common uh, problem with many people today. And just slowly, slowly, I mean, I'm still sorting some things out, but the understanding, you know, of who we are, why we're here, and then explaining, you know, the importance of getting to know yourself, I found very interesting. But for me, it was really a matter of unraveling a lot first of all and that took quite some years and it, it was hard um, but I think that I was so interested and and so really wanting to do well and to get better and to, to be the things that that Spirit and Padina were talking about so I suppose I was motivated to just keep trying hard and um, you know in time I gradually got to know a little bit more about myself through what I learned, but also through experience, through meeting other people, through talking with other people. That's how we learn a lot about ourselves. And as I say, it's it's a hard road because, you know, our foundations individually um, are often not very stable these days because, you know, the world is not a very stable place and young people don't always get a great start in life about truth about themselves. So it took some time to gradually work out, you know, what was true and what was not and what were my weak areas and what were my strengths and to really think about these. And so, you know, it is it is quite a journey and I think it can be a journey of a lifetime. But I do feel you can get to a point where you feel much more peaceful within yourself, much more contented because you've got a better self-knowledge and a better appreciation of what you feel you're here to do, because we all have a purpose. That is something that's made clear very early on. Everybody has a value, 
And in the eyes of the great mind, everybody is equal. So things like that were very helpful to finding a little bit more strength. And as I say, I was absolutely fascinated to keep, to keep learning more and more. And I think that's why I'm still here today. Yes. And uh, I think it is important to, to say that there are so many new ideas that came up um, during these meetings that that we'd never really considered. You know, the whole importance of truth was always something that a white lie to me was was perfectly okay. But, you know, I've grown to fully understand that there's no such thing as a white lie, for example. All lies are lies. And, you know, for the world to improve and become a happier and more contented place, we need to really understand truth much more than we do. And so there are many other concepts like that. Graciousness was another. So, Ronnie, what about you? What did what did you find of, of great impact? I'm sure you did. I know we've talked about it many times. So what sort of things did impact upon you as a, as a person? Well, I think that really um, the knowledge as it was acquired and the, the, the understanding of the structure of the spiritual world um, compared to the physical world and, and the blueprint of life, the fact that we have a tapestry that we're living on the earth and that um, a life is designed to help us um, learn and grow spiritually. Um, that's the sort of thing that um, that I found quite uh, stimulating, I have to say. Yes, and, um, and Headley, I'm sure over the years, your situation has changed, has it not? I mean, you are now... I know you don't like talking about it, but I think it's important for the podcast to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You, you are now our connection with um, spirit. And I have to say, you know, and I'm sure everyone will agree with me, you deal with this incredibly well. And I don't want to make you blush, and I can't see you anyway. But mm-hmm. you know, you, I know you're a very modest guy, and you take this very seriously, and you have done for many years, and we all applaud you for it. And but, how did you get into this? How did it start with you? Well, Jodina died of the earth. She died in two thousand and three, and it was a. I don't know when. I can't remember, but it was sometime a little bit before then, perhaps two years before, uh, there was an opportunity in Padina. Uh, there was spirit talking, and she asked me if I could hear. And it never occurred to me to, to try this or to, to listen or anything. So I heard in my mind, not my ears, in my mind, which I repeated, and she said, yes, that's correct. And then I heard something more, and she confirmed that as well. 
So that, that is simply how it started. And eventually, when, as I say, when Padina died of the earth, then it was left to me to follow on uh, speaking for spirit, as, as I heard. I think it's possibly quite an interesting exercise for me to explain now how this happens, how, how I hear. And it is simply clear audience, but it is really, we talk about hearing, but it's really very little to do with the ears. It is in my mind. And we believe at the foundation that the brain, which is the physical computer part of the body, is one thing, but the mind is your eternal self. It is your spiritual self. And when I hear spirit, I pick up, I, I am given impressionings within my mind. And then I have to interpret that using my brain to speak, to use the English language, to use the words to interpret what I am being given. And this is not deep trance medium at all, mediumship. This is simply clear audience. So sometimes in the past I've questioned, well, was that really me or was that spirit? And over the years, I've gained confidence with this. And the one thing that's always assured me about what I was repeating, giving for spirit, was the knowledge that the content of what I was being given, the knowledge to give out to people, I could never, ever dream that up. I don't have the ability that I'm not that clever to invent such knowledge and wisdom as I've been given to pass on to people. So that is slowly giving me the encouragement and the really the ability to and the confidence to continue what I'm what I'm doing. I don't want to say it's anything special or I never looked to have this gift. It was offered to me and I accepted it. And what I also want to say that any gift, spiritual gift that is given is simply for the use and the benefit of other people. It is for the benefit of all. And it is not there to make us into something special or to be thought of differently in any way. It is simply a gift that I've been given in this case, which I use for, for all of us. Simple as that, really. I've known you for 40 years, and 
and I know you're a very sincere individual and also I know you're very modest and it took a while for us to persuade you to talk about this so it's not as if you're trying to boast from the, the um, treetops quite the opposite so yeah. I just want everyone to hear that because yeah. it is genuine and 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 I, I've got to say as a friend of yours I don't think you've got it in you to talk the way that Padina or or, or um, Erasmus um, speaks through you. I'm not saying you don't have more skill than most. I'm just saying that that their knowledge, their clarity of speech, is such that that it it just makes it quite clear that it's spirit talking. They don't have the issue of the brain that we do, do they, Headley? No. It it is what well, it is as simple as you say. Uh, I I don't have the ability to make that stuff up. It's and not that I would in any case. But uh. exactly that is the point. This is the thing when people question these things and always say that it, well, there's fraud here and fraud there, and there are a lot of fraudsters. But if you go back on the number of recordings that we've made over the forty years extraordinary amount of stuff extraordinary amount of information that that week after week we hear that is so unique so julia would you like to say something to to end the podcast well the only thing i was thinking about earlier when you were talking paul and i know we've spoken about this is that in those early days we were all really excited many of us in what we were hearing and we used to go out talking to friends or perhaps people we were working with and mention all of this. And some sometimes you couldn't understand why others weren't also really excited and interested. And one of the subjects, Padina, sorry, not Padina, it was Erasmus spoke to us about a few times. And that was about giving a crumb to others. And we, we learnt this in time, but I think... To start with, we were so excited about it all. We were giving almost a whole cake or a slice of the cake. And it took some years for us to realise that you, you just drop a little seed, a little crumb of food and see if there is some interest. And sometimes there might be and sometimes there might not be. And again, we also learnt um, about the tapestry, as Ronnie has mentioned, that it might not be for a person to be interested and maybe to awaken to spirit. So that was a lesson for us all quite early on. And um, so I'm pleased that there is a lot more awakening to spirit now. I think it's reflecting the way the world is changing and it's stimulating people to think and have a bit more concern. So I look forward to that increasing. Because I think it's true to say that if you go back 20 years, a lot of people wouldn't be talking about such things, but you could bring these things up in any conversation now and people won't balk at it. They will listen. They may not believe it. They may not accept it, but the, the, it's not completely poo-pooed as a, as a subject to be discussed, is it? No, so, Ronnie, so final words on it before we close today. I'd like to say there is an awful lot we understand and there's an awful lot we're trying to understand and bit by bit we're piecing it all together and if anyone would care to join us in this journey we'd be delighted to have them on board 
nicely put. So thank you very much, guys. It's been very interesting, and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. And we'll be talking again soon, no doubt. The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing centre based in Laxfield, Suffolk, in the United Kingdom. We have a web page, www.erasmus-foundation.org, or email us info at erasmus-foundation.org. Thank you for listening.